0: A few weeks ago, we celebrated Thanksgiving. And uh, during Thanksgiving, most people visited their families. We had family gatherings, family reunions, and we sat together and we rejoiced in the feast, sharing memories together, sharing food and drinks together. And I believe that each one of us, when we had the information that a family member was visiting during Thanksgiving, we were so excited. We were filled with joy. It is not surprising that as we head towards Christmas, where we await the coming of the Lord, Our readings today are focusing on the fact of rejoicing, and that is why this third Sunday of Advent is called Gaudate Sunday, the Sunday of rejoicing. This is because the Latin Mass has the entrance antiphon, Laudate in Domino semper. Rejoice in the Lord always. So in our first reading, the prophet Zephaniah tells the people, Shout for joy, O daughter Zion. Sing joyfully, O Israel. Be glad and exhort with all your heart, O daughter Jerusalem. But what was happening during the time of the prophet Zephaniah, which was the second half of, of the 7th century BC. Assyria was a force to reckon with. They had overrun the northern kingdom, Israel, deported the people and repopulated their land. And they were posing a greater threat to the southern kingdom, Judah. But unfortunately, the people of Judah had also rejected the God of Israel. The monotheistic God preached by Moses was rejected and they were following and worshipping other gods of their neighbors. So today the prophet Jeremiah was admonishing the people to return and come back to the Lord. But he also had this good news for them the remnant, the faithful ones of Israel that he addresses today. Shout for joy, rejoice, be glad, and exult. The psalmist re echoes this when he says, Cry out with joy and gladness, for among you is the Great and Holy One of Israel. In the time of Zephaniah, God is going to defend his people because he is a victorious warrior who would protect his people from their enemies. And that is the cause of their rejoicing. The psalmist is saying, the great one of Israel is among you, so rejoice and be glad. The same theme is picked up in St. Paul's letter to the Philippians in the second reading. Brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord always. I say again, rejoice. Your kindness should be known to all. The Lord is near. But Paul was writing this letter from prison. And in those days, the prison conditions could not be comparable to the prison we have today. I tell you, the prisons we have today in the United States will be like a five star hotel in those days. They were chained and it sat on the floor. But in spite of all this, Paul has the occasion to rejoice and he tells the people in philippia to rejoice they are to rejoice because the lord is there and if the lord is near they shouldn't be in any fear they shouldn't worry for the lord is among them the question is when we look into our lives are we people who are rejoicing Are we people who are happy in life? You know, when I talk about rejoicing, joy, and happiness, I'm not talking about pleasure. No. Pleasure is material. It's for the body. When we talk about joy and happiness, it is with the spirit. It is spiritual. If we are not happy, what makes us uncomfortable and unhappy in life when we become self-centered when we begin to focus on ourselves there is no way we can be happy because our lives will be filled with disappointment and depression because things will not always go the way we want there are people who think that in order to be happy and to be joyful They need to get a lot of money to be happy. You know, I know of the history of somebody who won 31 million lottery. And he said, that has become my nightmare. I wish I never won it. And that guy shot himself committing suicide. So money does not make people happy. Yes, of course, it can make you 10% happy. But that is not the happiness you are looking for. Somebody will say, well, if I get power and everybody bows at me, I will be happy. But there are people who are dictators, they had rule countries, they are not happy they have sleepless nights so power will not make you happy somebody will say well if i have a husband or a wife who is so understanding and loving i'll be a happy person but uh, studies show that people who are happy are more likely to get married so it isn't marriage that brings happiness, it is happiness that brings marriage. If you are happy with somebody, you already feel with joy, and that is where you tie the knot together. Don't ever say, when we tie the knot together, I'm going to be happy. You are never going to be happy. And that is the bane of most of marriages that we are witnessing today. That is what we call the false start. So what about happiness? St. Augustine gives us the answer. Lord, you have created us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. Without God, there is no happiness. If you don't have the possession of God in your heart, if your life is not centered on Christ, that happiness will never be what you will receive. Because life without Christ is always a life of crisis. So if we are Christians, if we are people of faith, if we are religious people, and we are never happy, we have to look into how we live our Christian way of life. Am I the center of my life, or is Christ the center of my life? If Christ does not hold my life together, my life is going to fall apart. No matter how I struggle, what I acquire and achieve in the world, I will never be a happy person. But somebody who has Christ, no matter the challenges in life, no matter the deprivation the person might be going through, he knows that there's something nobody can take from him or her, and that is Christ Jesus. And today, whenever we come to the Eucharist celebration, the Lord is present among us. The Lord is present in the community gathered together. So the one sitting in the pew with you, the one who is behind you, the one in front of you, do you see the presence of Christ in that person? Do you see Christ in the congregation when we say we are the body of Christ? And when two or three are gathered, there I am in their midst. I believe if we see Christ in the other, especially the one in the pew with you, all the acrimonies, all the hatred, all the grudges we hold in our heart, that don't seem in any way to make anybody happy will ruin our happiness. See each other as the representation of Christ in your life. We come to encounter the word and the word is God. Christ manifests himself in his word. Are we open to the word of God? Or we are only selective. And somebody say that's my favorite passage. What about the rest? Dearly beloved, today we hear John the Baptist preach the good news to them. The good news of the coming of the Messiah. The people mistakenly thought that John is the Messiah. They went to him. They asked, what should we do? And then he told the crowd... Those who have two clothes begin to be generous. Give one to the one who hasn't got. And those who have food should do likewise. Well, I think you are doing that because I see a lot of parcels under the given tree. So that's the good news. And he said, even task collectors and soldiers came. Even. Even. The tax collectors were regarded as public sinners. Everybody condemned them. Nobody lied to them. Because they were working for the pagan administration and they could use the imperial soldiers to extort money from their own people in order to get their target. And the way the taxation went, they could get a lot of money out of that. So they were extremely rich at the expense of other people. So they asked John, what should we do? He said, stop collecting more than what is prescribed. And then the soldiers, he told them, do not practice extortion. Do not falsely accuse anyone. And be satisfied with your wages. Today, we live in a world where those who are rich, who get their riches from the toil and the sweat of the low and middle class, are not paying them adequately. Because there are a lot of Americans who are living from paycheck to paycheck. And so if anything should happen to them that is the end meanwhile there are those bourgeoisie who are on top who live whatever lifestyle they want to live with private jets and they take whatever they want to do and they are making the money because of those who are underpaid without them mm -mm, I don't think they'll be where they are, but they fail to think of them. On the other hand, there are other employees who are not putting up their best. All that they are thinking about is the money they are going to get. And so they don't work hard. There are people who go to the office and they are on Facebook, they are on social media. Instead of working, For the company for which they are paid. So we live in a world where John will say, Be just in what you do, be just in offering recompense for your workers, be just to pay compensation to them, be just to pay their wages to them, and let the workers be just in doing the just work that commensurate the pay they are receiving. Dearly beloved, this is the way that we could open our hearts to the coming of the Lord at Christmas. That is the only way we can rejoice. If we wake up and we find ourselves doing the right thing, the things that would be appreciated by God, the things that will make God happy, the things that will prove that we are children of God, we are going to be happy if we want to cut corners there's no way we're going to be happy today the lord says be happy and rejoice because the lord is in your midst we are not waiting for john the baptist we are encountering the messiah our lord jesus christ and he said john said he comes that I'm not even worthy to untie the strap of his sandals. He has his window fan with him, and you gather the wheat into his band, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So, dearly beloved, if we want to be happy, we need to be the wheat and not the chaff. Being the wheat is being righteous, being just, doing what is required of us. You know, there are people who find happiness in what they want to do. But that happiness does not last. Happiness is not derived from what I want to do, but happiness derived from what I am supposed to do. the vocation you have in life. If you are a priest, you are happy when you live your priestly life the way God expects you to live. And at the end of the day, you sit down and look back and you are happy within you because the Lord has used you as an instrument to bring joy, happiness, peace, and healing to people. If you are a mother, you are happy at the end of the day because you are taking care of God's gift for you, your children, your family. You are taking good care of them, and everybody is happy in the family. It makes you happy. You find fulfillment in what you are doing. Likewise, you if you are a father and you realize how your family loves you and how you love your family and how you keep your family together, that is where your happiness is going to come from. If you neglect all these things and start finding happiness elsewhere, it's going to be a nightmare for you. Dearly beloved, the Lord says rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. If you are a Christian, if you are a Catholic and you are not living a happy life, There is a course. Look deep into yourself. Look at where your allegiance is. Remember, if we seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all the rest will be added unto us. And that is where we can find that happiness. May the Holy Spirit help us to respond to our respective vocations, not forgetting the fact that the Lord, Jesus Christ, is always in our midst and that life without him will always lead to a life of crisis. Amen.